We often hear the overused phrase, Jesus is the answer. But what if Jesus is the question? That may just change everything. Contrary to common assumptions, Jesus is not so much the answer man as He is the question man. As we read through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus asks many more questions than He answers. More often than not, when Jesus was asked a question, guess what? He answered with a question. In fact, if we add them all up, Jesus asked 307 questions in the four Gospels. Now, some of those questions are repeated several times, but that's still a lot of questions. This morning, we begin a new series of lessons, Questions Jesus Asked. And over the next couple of months, we're going to camp out in Matthew's Gospel and take a closer look at six of these key questions together. Beginning with the worry question, Matthew chapter 6, Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry? And then the fault-finding question, Matthew chapter 7. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And the tradition question in Matthew 15. Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? The identity question in Matthew chapter 16. What about you? Who do you say I am? The values question in Matthew 16, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? And the prayer question in Matthew 26, couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? And so we begin our journey through some of the questions Jesus asked with the worry question in Matthew 6 this morning. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry, Jesus asked. Honestly, it seems like all kinds of people worry. Ignorant people worry. They don't know any better. (laughs) Educated people worry because they have so much to worry about. Old people worry, they're coming to the end of their lives. Young people worry, they have so much of life ahead of them. Irreligious people worry, they have no faith. Religious people worry because they have so little faith. And not only do all kinds of people worry, but we worry about all kinds of things. We worry about our bodies, and we worry about our souls. We worry about getting married, and we worry because we are married. We worry about our jobs and we worry because we don't have a job. We worry when our bills exceed our income and we worry when our income exceeds our bills. We worry about calamities that have never happened and we worry about calamities that have happened. We just worry, 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 worry. We're like the cow in this poem. The worried cow would have lived till now if she had saved her breath, but she feared her hay wouldn't last all day. She mooed herself to death. (laughs) Someone put it this way, worry is like sitting in a rocking chair. You spend a lot of time and energy doing something, but it gets you absolutely nowhere. 
Well, you get right down to it, there's really only two kinds of things that we worry about. First, we worry about things that we cannot control. Things we cannot control. There are some things that, if we are wise, we will simply accept. Take growing old, for instance. I know of many people who live in daily fear of growing old. They'll not discuss their age with anyone. They take every measure to make sure that they do not look, act, or dress their age. And yet, growing old is something that everybody does, hello, from the day that they are born. The question is, why worry about things over which we have no control? And then, of course, we worry about things we can control. Instead of worrying about them, we ought to get busy doing something about them so we don't have the time to worry. Take eternity, for instance. I know of many people who spend their entire lifetime worrying about the fact that they have never prepared for the next life, where they will spend eternity. Why would they do that? Since this is something we can do something about by following Christ as the forgiver and leader of our lives, quit worrying and do something. Like today. (laughs) Why worry about things over which we do have control? Questions Jesus asked. This morning we're going to take a closer look at what Jesus had to say about the worry question here in Matthew chapter 6. So let's begin by looking at the Scripture together. Now before we work our way through today's text, let's pause and ask God to speak to us clearly through His Word. Would you pray with me? God, we, uh, we want to learn today. We're hungry for You. We're thirsty for more of You. Jesus, we want to sit at Your feet today even as Your followers did on the very day You said this. And we want to learn from You. Teach us from this passage of Scripture today. Open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, open our minds to understand, most of all, open our hearts that we would receive Your truth, that it would take root in our lives and become a part of who we are. It would produce the fruit in us that You desire. Help us, O Lord, especially with this so common problem of worry. We're ready to hear. We're ready to listen. We're ready to obey. We pray in Your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so follow along in your Bible as I read Jesus' words here in Matthew chapter 6. We pick it up with verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's break it down a bit. Look again at the first part of verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Now let's be clear about what Jesus is not saying here. He is not saying that we should show no concern at all about the basic needs of food, shelter, or clothing. He's not promoting idleness. Nor is He suggesting that we shirk responsibility for providing for our basic needs. He's not saying that we should just kind of expect pie in the sky and the sweet by and by, you know? He's not advocating that we turn over every life concern to Him so that He can somehow provide it for us on a silver platter. (laughs) This is not a justification for entitlement here. What then is Jesus saying? Well, this phrase, do not worry, is probably better translated, do not be anxious, or have no anxiety. The Greek word actually speaks of something that distracts or divides our attention. Simply put, Jesus is warning us not to live a double life, claiming to be a Christ follower whose focus is on eternal things while living a life full of worry and anxiety over temporal things. We must not allow the things of this world to distract us from the things of God. We must not allow our earthly circumstances to divide our hearts from our heavenly promises. We must not allow our life perspective to be clouded by the pressures and stresses placed upon us by people or problems around us. Now notice the last part of verse 25. Jesus asked a question. Is not life worth more than food and the body more than clothes? And the implied answer is, yeah, of course. There's so much more to life than food and shelter and clothing, and yet it seems that we focus all of our time and energy on these earthly concerns. We choose to neglect the spiritual in favor of the physical. We get so entangled in these temporal pursuits of life, education, career, investments, possessions, entertainment, recreation, personal pleasure, and on and on the list goes. We are so running after those things that we don't have the time and energy left for eternal pursuits. Worship. Bible study. Life groups. Prayer, ministry, evangelism. That brings us then to verses 26 through 30. Look at them again in your Bible. Picking it up with verse 26, Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Look at the birds of the air, Jesus says. See how the flowers of the field grow. If God in His infinite wisdom has provided for their welfare, won't He do the same and much more for us? See, we fail to realize sometimes that it is, in fact, God that takes care of the birds and the flowers. And if that's true, how much more will God take care of us since we are created in His very own image? I mean, nothing else in all of creation enjoys the relationship with God that we do. He is our Father, and we are His children. All the promises and purposes of God are laid out for our benefit and welfare. If we could only grasp that, we would never, ever worry again. Besides, what does worry and anxiety really accomplish? I mean, I think maybe one of the key verses in today's text is certainly verse 27. That's the worry question in a nutshell. Let's read it out loud together. Read it with me. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Anybody? No. We might take away an hour or two by worrying, but our anxiety adds nothing to our life. Look at verses 31 and 32 once again. Jesus kind of gets right in our face. He says, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. See, Jesus instructs us here not to stress over the basic needs of life. Food, drink, shelter, clothing. In fact, he says the pagans, that's not a word we really like very well, but really what he's saying is the people of the world, the people who do not claim that God is their Father, he says that they fret and worry as they anxiously pursue food, drink, shelter, and clothing. I mean, think about it for a moment. Hasn't life really become all about chasing after those very things? Advertisers, retail stores, food service providers, internet sites, they all cater to humankind's lust after food, drink, shelter, and clothing. You see, it's not just about food. It's about the best food. (laughs) The gourmet food. The healthiest food. The latest diet. And it's not just about drink, it's about juicing. And it's about energy drinks and cappuccinos and lattes. It's not just about shelter, it's about the biggest and the fanciest place that you could lease or buy and how you furnish it and how you decorate it. It's not just about clothing, it's about designer clothing. The latest fashions, you've got to be in style. Isn't that true? Yes, the pagans run after all these things. And honestly, so do we. Come on. Which brings us to verse 33. 
Jesus brings it all into focus with His clear command. He says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things, all these things, food, drink, shelter, clothing, all these things will be given to you as well. Now we'll come back and look at that in a little more detail in a moment. But first, let's finish out today's text with verse 34. Jesus concludes, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do I hear an amen? (laughs) Well, that's a look at the Scripture. Now, what lessons can we learn from our study together? It seems to me that Jesus clearly addresses worry and anxiety from two perspectives in today's text. First, He talks about the core of of worry, and then he talks about the cure for worry. Let's take a look at both of those as we seek to learn from Jesus' teaching in these verses. Beginning with the core of worry. As I studied through these verses carefully this past week, I found three things that I think are at the very core of most of our worry and our anxiety in our lives. The first is what I call incorrect priorities. Incorrect priorities. I take you back one more time to Jesus' question in the last part of verse 25. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And again, the implied answer is yes, of course. There's so much more to life than just food, drink, shelter, or clothing. And yet it seems that we focus nearly all of our time and our energy on these worldly, temporal Concerns. Our priorities have become skewed. We live only for the here and the now. What is happening around us and to us in our earthly physical life. And we have lost our spiritual bearings, our eternal perspective. It's all about what's happening right now in my life. Or what will happen, we think, tomorrow. Could it be that one of the things that's causing worry and anxiety in your life today is that you've got some incorrect priorities? The second thing Jesus points out that may be at the core of worry is an insecure relationship. An insecure relationship with God. Again, Jesus asked us in verse 26, look at the birds of the air. Are you not much more valuable than they? And in verse 30, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you? And again, sometimes we fail to realize that it's by God's providential design that He takes care of the birds and the flowers. And if that's true, how much more will God care for us since we have been created in His very own image? Why? Because He is our loving Father and we are His beloved children. And we can be at peace in the security of that relationship. Could it be that one of the things that's causing worry and anxiety in your life right now is an insecure relationship with God. The third thing Jesus points out that may be at the core of our worry and our anxiety is inadequate faith. Inadequate faith. Don't miss those words. At the end of verse 30, you of little faith. 
Notice Jesus says little faith, by the way. He doesn't say lack of faith. You see, at the core of our worry is inadequate or insufficient faith. Little faith is confined only to salvation and is not concerned with the whole of everyday life. Many people believe in Jesus, they just don't believe Jesus. We put our faith in Christ for salvation, but we cannot bring ourselves to trust Him for our everyday needs. Little faith fails to take scriptural statements, especially promises at face value, and simply believe them and claim them. Little faith fails to apply what we learn from God's Word and what we learn from the long track record of God's faithfulness. And we fail to apply that to our everyday lives. Could it be that one of the things causing worry and anxiety in your life right now is that you have an inadequate faith? So these three things... Our incorrect priorities, our insecure relationship, and or our inadequate faith are often at the core of our worries. They're the root of our anxieties. They're the source of our stress, if you will. Now with those in mind, we're going to play right off of them. Let's take a closer look at what Jesus teaches about the cure for worry. By the way, before I get to that, you do realize there are a lot of false antidotes for worry in our world today. Let me just give you a few of them. Somebody says, when this happens, then I'll be okay. I call it when and then thinking. You know, when I win the lottery, then everything's going to be alright in life, you know? When I get this promotion, when I get married, when I have children, when my children are out of the house, you know, it's always when and then, when and then, when and then. Don't kid yourself. The ideal situation never comes. Not until we get to heaven. Or I've heard people say, I just need to get a grip. (laughs) Ever heard that? Ever said that? Mark! I'm going to get a grip. And it's with fierce determination that I'm going to whip this puppy called worry. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Because the more I do that, guess what? The more I worry. (laughs) And I'm probably going to give myself a heart attack in the process. And then, of course, you always have that person that says, I'm not worried, I'm just concerned. Really? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know your worry, but everybody else does. All they have to do is look at you, and you are so full of anxiety, you're about ready to burst. It's called denial. Here's a real popular one in our culture today I need a break. Isn't that a popular one? Yeah. yeah you know, let, let me get to the coast. Let me go up to the top of the mountain. Well, not right now, but, you know. Let let me get a vacation. I need to escape. I I need a break. Give me a break. Let me have a break and everything will be fine. No, it won't. Because guess what? You just take your worries with you. And even if you are successful at leaving them here, you come back to them when you come home. And then there's... 
one that's sadly probably the most popular in our culture today, and that is, this really helps me feel better. We are so over-medicated in our culture today more than any society has ever been. We are so addicted. Drugs and alcohol, all in an effort to numb the pain, to, to hide the, the stuff that we're having to deal with, somehow to, to make me feel better. And what happens? You only feel worse. Those are all false antidotes, by the way. In contrast, Jesus offers three antidotes to cure worry and anxiety right here in Matthew chapter 6. The first is an intimate relationship with God. It all begins right here with an intimate relationship with God. And that, of course, is the antidote to an insecure relationship that we just talked about as one of the things that's at the core of worry. Look at verses 31 and 32 one more time. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Don't overlook that phrase, that last phrase. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. David put it this way, Psalms 37 and verse 25. Let's read this one out loud together. Would you read it with me? Once I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly forsaken nor seen their children begging for bread. Wow. Simply put, the antidote for an insecure relationship with God is an intimate relationship with God. The, the fact is that the closer that we get to God, the deeper our relationship with Him as our Father, the more we understand that we can trust Him to provide for our daily needs. And so the question is, I guess, how? How can we develop a more intimate relationship with God? And the simple answer is by regularly, consistently, at least daily, spending time alone with Him. A relationship grows when two people spend quality and quantity time together. And the same is true of our relationship with God, folks. The more we spend quality and quantity time with God, the deeper our relationship goes with Him. And basically that happens as we spend time alone in the Bible. That's where God communicates with us. And as we spend time alone in prayer, that's where we communicate with God. And so the first cure for worry is to develop an intimate relationship with God. The, the, the deeper I go in my relationship with Him, the more time, quality, and quantity that I spend with Him in His Word and in prayer, the more I get to know Him, the more I crawl up into His lap and let Him love on me and I love on Him, the more that I hunger for Him and thirst for Him and want to be more like Him and spend more time with Him, the more that I learn to trust Him. And the less I worry. The second antidote that Jesus offers to cure worry and anxiety is what I call indelible priorities. Indelible, permanent priorities. Of course, that's the antidote to the core of incorrect priorities we talked about earlier. In verse 33, Jesus tells us to seek 
First, His kingdom and His righteousness. Don't miss the two indelible priorities that should be first and foremost in our lives. First, we must seek His kingdom. That is our relationship with the church. And second, we must seek His righteousness, which is our relationship with Christ. Simply put, our relationship with Christ and His church must have first place in our lives. Everything else is to be secondary to these two priorities. We must not ever allow anyone or anything to come before Christ and His church, to come before the King and His kingdom. Now I want you to notice the conditional promise that's at the end of verse 33. All these things will be given to you as well. All these things, food, drink, shelter, clothing, will be given to you as well. If, big if, we seek Christ and His church first, the basic needs of life will be provided by God. That's His promise. That's just the way God has designed it to work and life always works best when we follow the directions. Now when you think about this carefully, this cure for worry or anxiety is only logical. I mean, think this through with me for a minute. The birds and the flowers are cared for as long as they are in the environment, the plan, and the purpose for which God intended them. If God had given them a free will to choose where to live and what to do, and the birds chose to live underwater, and the flowers chose to live in the middle of Highway 190 right out here in Springville, would God still care for them? No! He might want to, but He wouldn't be able to do so. He would be thwarted in His plan and His purpose by their choice. He will only care for them on His terms when they are living in the way that He has created and designed them to live. And likewise, the environment God chose for us is His kingdom and His righteousness. When we choose to live according to God's design, then God promises to provide for our needs. When we pursue the relationship of Christ and the church, the King and His kingdom, then we don't have to worry. But if we exercise our free will and we choose to live outside of God's plan and purpose, He may want to provide and protect us, but He will not be able to do so because we have chosen to live outside of His will. Does that make sense? It's really pretty simple, but yet it's complex. (laughs) Very quickly, let me just ask you, where are your priorities today? Are you seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness? You want to know how you can know the answer? It's really pretty simple. Check your calendar and your checkbook. Where do you spend your time and where do you spend your money? Those two things do not lie. They will tell you in a real hurry what's most important to you. So some of us have got some homework to do this week. The second cure for worry is to establish two indelible priorities. Christ and His church, the King and His kingdom must come first. The third antidote that Jesus offers in today's text to cure worry and anxiety is incremental faith. Incremental faith. 
This is the antidote, of course, to inadequate faith that we talked about earlier. Look again at verse 14. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What's Jesus saying here? He is simply saying this. Live one day at a time. In fact, say that out loud with me, would you? Live one day at a time. Man, you ought to say that every day when you get up. (laughs) Don't waste time and energy worrying about yesterday or being anxious about tomorrow. Focus your attention on living today to its fullest potential. Concentrate on making today the very best day it can possibly be. Someone put it this way. You can't change the past, but you can ruin a perfectly good present by worrying about the future. I'm leaving it there for a minute. (laughs) I heard that. (laughs) Got it? You can't change the past, but you can ruin a perfectly good present by worrying about the future. You see, the reality is we only live one day at a time. So we really only need enough faith for today. That's why I call this incremental faith, by the way. Life is lived, you see, in increments, moments. And we really only need enough faith to see us through the next moment, the next day. That's it. Just today. The third cure for worry is to live with incremental faith. One day, one moment at a time for the glory of God. So what then is the cure for anxiety and stress? Jesus offers three. The antidote for an insecure relationship is an intimate relationship with God. Growing deeper and closer through time in His Word and in prayer. The antidote for incorrect priorities is to establish indelible priorities, giving Christ and His church first place in our calendars and our checkbooks. And the antidote for inadequate faith is incremental faith, learning to live one day at a time for the glory of God. Questions Jesus asked. This morning we studied the worry question. Here in Matthew chapter 6, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Why do you Worry. Let's wrap up today's lesson by reading 1 Peter 5 and verse 7 out loud together. Would you read this with me? Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Isn't that a great verse? Let's pray. God, that's what we want to do. We want to learn how we might cast all of our anxiety on You. All the stresses, all the burdens, all the hurts, all the pain, all the stuff that doesn't make sense, all the worries. We want to lay them at Your feet because we know that You are our Father and we are Your children. We want our priorities to be straight. We want our relationship with You to be deep. And we want just enough faith for today. 
for this next moment that we might walk not as warriors, but as people of faith. Help us to be that, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen.